Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, asher bachar banu mikol amim, venatan lanu et torato, Baruch atah Adonai, noten haTorah. Amen. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, may you grant us the eyes of Mashiach Yeshua as we dive into your Torah and glean from the writings of Shaul. B'Shem Yeshua, Amen. All right, everybody. Well, Shalom. Many blessings to everyone and a big refuah shnaima to our very own Rabbi Griffin. Uh, if you have been a follower of the Aliyah a day, you notice there wasn't one today because he needs to make some refua for real, like so he can make an Aliyah for real. So um, our our tefillot and our davening, let's please remember our very own rabbi in that and uh, all the other who are sick of our congregations uh, as well. So. Now Yarok and I are here to continue on in the Egedet series to the Romans. And uh, last week we were talking about davening and uh, tefillot. And so now moving on, we were in uh, verses 9 uh, or 8 and 9 last week. Now we're in verse 10. So now Yarok, without further ado, let it fly. Man, well, I just want to say we're not boasting at all because we've really made it to this podcasting as well. I, as at least for me, I, I know I almost was almost out. So, um, but definitely keep us in your davening that specific section within the uh, the, the prayer uh, for healing mm. for Hashem who heals the sick. So, Baruch Hashem. Amen. Baruch Shemo. So we left off, yeah, pretty much at nine to ten. So I'll start with uh, <clears throat> verse ten, and and we'll go on from there. All right. All right, Baruch Hashem. Uh, let's start. Um, always making tekhenia, supplication, and petitioning that I might somehow now at last, efshir, perhaps, that is, succeed im yeritzer Hashem, if the Lord wills, to make my way to you. Amen. So, first off, to continue the connection of tefillot, as you have just mentioned, uh, you said that there are, are sections in our prayers where we get to make petitions, which are basically the tekina. So the supplication that's mentioned in this verse, these are the gray boxes that you'll see in your sedur. So, um, so when we're looking at what's actually going on here, uh, this particular particular prayer that he's talking about is a personal supplication because he really wants to get to Rome so that he can meet these Lapidim and really encourage them. So the Halakha is after you finish the Amidah section, you have a little moment of personal note that you can do right there. And that's why you see the Tachnun which is the supplication prayer, uh, the prayer of repentance and things like that. Those all follow the Amidah. So the parts where we see remembering people in our prayers and making supplications, people who have prayer requests and things like that, that would take place right there after the Amidah. So, Baruch Shemo. Uh, oh, and one more thing. One more thing. Huh? Uh, noon, the putting down the head, right? Yes, that's the one I was talking about. Excellent, beautiful. Page 251. Cool. Mensider. 
<laughs> the right. other thing is uh, this term, Im Yirtzeh Hashem, which is if the Lord's wills. That's another way to say Bezrat Hashem. So it's a common uh, saying that we want to make sure we get uh, acclimated to because we don't want to ever uh, place ourselves into a vow that we cannot fulfill. So there's this whole thing about let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Mashiach taught that. Judaism also teaches that. And we also want to make sure if we're planning to do something, we want to say Bezrat Hashem. Or if you really want to be old English, like in a Hebrew kind of way style, you say Im Yirtzei Hashem. So it's the same thing. So only Hashem will be able to allow us to accomplish everything that we're doing. Like Nary Rok said for this podcast, we barely made it. So it was totally a Bezrat Hashem and Baruch Shemo. <laughs> Man, that was Matthew 537, by the way. Toda Anything else you want to put on there? Um, so for this verse, yeah, just, I mean, obviously, I'm assuming most people would, would know when they, when they hear the words, uh, teknu, am I saying that right? Teknu, tekna? Uh, tekina. Tekina? Yes. Tekina. Uh, supplication. Tekina and, uh, petitioning. Those, uh, priestly, um, service, priestly actions. Oh. Connecting that were a kingdom of priests and holy nation and. And so he's, he's, he's a service, you know, it's just like he is before Shem as a priest and in prayer and in action, you know, the service, it's good. So you're connecting that back to our, one of our first words we learned was avoda. That's right. You know, which in Evid does avoda. So <laughs> that's pretty cool how we're like a kingdom of priests and we're serving by petitioning and doing priestly duties. <laughs> it connects back to the first verse in the, in the, in the Romans there. It's, I'm a slave of Mashiach Yeshua. Mm. It's not my will but yours be done. You know, it's, it's, uh, he's a slave for sure. So it's a service. Service is connected with obviously being a slave. So um, yeah, we can move on to 11. All right. Bring it on. All right. For I am longing to see you that I may impart to you some metana rukhanat spiritual gift for the teklis purpose of imparting shazuk chazak strengthening and encouragement to you and be mechazik be strengthened spiritually. Amen. Okay, so we're probably going to spend the most of our time on this verse, so Bezrat Hashem will make it pass, but in case we don't, we're just going to chew the cud. So let's break this down real quick. So the reason why he wants to see them in person is so that he may impart to them a spiritual gift for the purpose of strengthening and encouragement. So let's bring this down to personal experience. We have different communities who are attached to Sar Shalom as Lapid houses. And from time to time, we either go visit them or they come visit us. And what happens with that person in-person visitation is an imparting of spiritual strengthening. It's something along the lines of forsaking not the assembling of yourselves on the day of the Shabbat. 
This is why it's important for us to come to shul because we've talked about this before that, you know, when you're literally brushing shoulders with people, they're causing things to happen in your life. If you've had a rough morning and you're like, oh my goodness, I don't want to go to shul right now. I'm so mad. I don't even know what to do myself. And people will Shabbat Shalom you into the clouds of Hashemayim. You know, and it's like that would have never happened if you didn't show up in person. You would have tuned in online and would have been angry and been like, I don't know. But in person, you know, if you're your brother to brother here, you're going to you're going to get your hand shaken. You're going to get your going to get hugged. You know, hey, how's it going? Shabbat Shalom. You know, and you're going to get like really strengthened. So. That word strengthened is the word chazak. So you ever heard us say chazak, chazak, venit chazik? When you end a sefer of Torah, that's be strong, be strong, and may you be strengthened. So going to the Targum, the word chazak means to be tied up and bandaged. To take possession. Also means... To squeeze together, to be solid, to be thick, to coagulate, to congeal, to join, repair, tighten, strengthen. Okay, so I want to tie this back to our parsha Mishpatim. So, interesting we talk about the bond servants because parsha Mishpatim opens up with that. But in the Aliyah a day on Aliyah 1 from Rabbi Griffin, he goes into this section talking about conditions of a dead person i.e when hashem before we entered into torah before we were born anew born again we were like dead people and dead people have no conditions so you can think of ephesians chapter 2 here the letter to the ephesians where it talks about we were dead in our sin dead in our transgressions and then it was god who brought us to life and that's salvation you know being delivered from death into life like that whole section, chapter two, just you got to read that all together to get the point. But to bring that together here, when you are being um, strengthened, you're being repaired, you're being rebuilt. That's what chazak means. And so when we're talking about a dead person who has no conditions, when Hashem brought us to life by the power of his spirit, the word of God, through his Messiah, Yeshua, like that's all one. It's one spirit, one God, one mikvah, one true faith, one amuna kind of thing. When he brought us forth, he gave us his Torah after that. First, he redeems us and saves us, makes us a new person. Then he gives us Torah. Now, a dead person has no conditions, i.e. when this happened to us and we became a servant to Hashem, we are not at a position to say, well, thank you so much for repairing me, for making me new, for tightening me up, for taking all of my mess that was all puddled out and congealing it and refashioning it anew and, and, and like making it all like kosher again, you know, like making me a newborn without sin and walking in your way now. Um, so since you've done that, um, thank you kind of because I really don't want to do half of what you told me I need to do, like parsing out his commandments and things like that. So the other thing to put with that is Parsha Mishpatim directly follows Yitro, which is a dynamic Torah portion 
about the giving of the Torah. There's supernatural things happening all within the natural realm. And like heaven and earth are colliding. And then you go right out of this amazing scene into what seems to be mundane, very civil, very moral. Like these are laws dealing with repair, dealing with honoring people, you know, having respect and dignity for life. And that is because the commentary from the Kazal says that that is to say that these are on the same level. You need to see honoring your brother and honoring your sister and, and making sure that we're not causing damages or stealing or any of that. We need to see that on the same level as Hashem resurrecting us from the dead and bringing us into newness of life and giving us his Torah. So that is Chazak. I'm going to take a break and I'm going to hand it over to you now, uh, Nerya Roke. If you would like to uh, talk any any uh, insights on this. Yeah, it was good what you said there. Um, Toda. I'm, what I'm thinking of, the spiritual gifts, you know, those, it's, it's a big emphasis in Christianity on those, you know, the spiritual gifts okay. passages, um, predominantly from Shaul himself, same author now we're looking through here. Um, and, uh, I guess I'm just, I'm just trying to find here within the same Romans section. I'm almost positive that uh, he he speaks on the spiritual gifts, but even chapter within 12? this letter as well. Yeah. I'm sorry? Later in chapter 12. Was it chapter 12? Yes. Uh, I'll go there with you. Chapter 12, I believe it's around like verse like 4. It starts from there and goes down. Okay, so yes, five, it says, yes, go ahead. Uh, well, I exhort you, therefore, brothers, in the view of God's mercies, to offer yourselves a sacrifice, living and set apart for God, holy to God, holy to Hashem. This will please Him <laughs> in His theological temple worship for you. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm reading from the, I'm reading from the complete Jewish Bible. Get you some. Um, Switch it up. In other words, do not let yourself be in other words, <laughs> I like that. In other words, do not let yourselves be conformed to the standards of the Olam Haze. Mm. Um, but I guess I, I would add, but the Olam Haba. So live in as in the light, um, as it will be. Right. Instead, keep letting yourselves keep letting yourselves uh, be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you will know what God's God wants and will agree that what he wants is good. Mm. satisfying and able to succeed. Um, it just ties in with what he says, and elsewhere he says, the law is good, holy, and, and true, right? Right. And we know that, so that you will know what God wants, well, obviously that's Torah, so to be transformed by the renewing of your mind would be through studying the Torah. Right. So to keep letting yourself be transformed by it. Uh, for I am telling you every single, single one of you, through the grace that has been given to me, not to have exaggerated idea exaggerated exaggerated ideas about your own importance instead develop a sober estimate of yourselves based on the standard which God has given to each of you namely yes. trust for just as there are many parts that compose a body but the parts do not all have the same function so there are many of us and in union with Mashiach we comprise one body with each of us belonging to others but we have and here it goes. But we have gifts that differ and which are meant to be used 
according to the grace that has been given to us. If the grift is prophecy, use it to extend, uh, use it to the extent of your betacone in Shem. If it is for serving, use it to serve. And if you are a teacher, you use your gift in teaching. If you are a counselor, use your gift to comfort and exhort. If you are someone who gives, do it simply and generously. If you are in a position of leadership, lead with diligence and zeal. If you are one who does acts of mercy, do them cheerfully. Do not let love be a mere outward show. Recoil from what is evil and cling to what is good. Love each other deeply, uh, other devotely, and with brotherly love. And set examples for each other in showing respect. Don't be lazy with hard work and needed. Uh, sorry, don't be lazy when hard work is needed, but serve the, sh uh, the, the master with spiritual fervor. Rejoice in your hope, be patient in your troubles, continue steadfastly in dominating in prayer. Share what, what you have with God's people, Israel, Mishraka, and practice hospitality. So he goes, he keeps going on, but, um, that's a lot of so gear. Yeah, that's good. But yeah, I'd say, so the predominantly was prophecy, uh, service, teacher, counselor, um, uh, giver and leadership and mercy, acts of mercy. And there's other, there's other sections where he speaks on the gifts and gives a little bit different, um, list of the gifts, but these are definitely important all for the upbuilding encouragement encouragement um uplifting of the uh the house of hashem you know or like little stones being built up mm. as you pray um at the end of the uh beginning section of uh davening in the morning on shabbat you know amen or a well, holy temple being built up right and what happens and in the temple Oh, many things. <laughs> you know, there's, um, there's that element of Yitro and Mishpatim, literally, that happens in the temple. Because remember, the temple was a manifestation of Mount Sinai, so that Mount Sinai would always be with us. And then you have to have Halakha and uh, camaraderie in the, in the precinct of the temple. You know, you can't be mistreating people. Can't be poking people's eyes out, you know. You can't be fighting. You can't be digging pits in the temple, you know, kind of things that we see yes. in this scene. So, keep going. I think wow. you were going to say something else. Well, I mean, um, what was I going to say? I probably forgot. Um, but uh, on that note, I mean, yeah, I mean, the within the Benamekdash, we really, really live. I was thinking about this today, you know, about the aroma of Mashiach, mm. um, how it's likened to the the Pesach lamb Ooh. and it's like into the Ghani Din, which is also like in the Benamekdash and how we ourselves are temples of Hashem. And we give off that aroma because I mean, we really are little, you know, Mikdashes walking around because we, everything we say is in, is in connection with, you know, Hashem and his, and his house that he dwelt in. And, and I mean, that was so much, everything's tied in together. Um, as a Jew with the Torah and Hashem himself and the Benamikdash and the land and everything that we're just, we're beaming with light in every area and every aspect. Um, but I, I just want to encourage the listeners and everyone, yeah, everyone who hears this and now there's even those who don't, um, just <laughs> how much we need to approach um, the Shabbat day and going to synagogue, particularly um, as if we were going and entering into the Benamikdash and really view it, don't view it, um, as, don't belittle it, 
so to say. Even though, obviously, the shul is not as great as the Ben Mikdash at all. Maybe 160th or whatever it be. Um, but nonetheless, we need to um, really have that, that, that Amuna and the Betikon Hashem, the con- seeing the connection, knowing the connection, and really conducting ourselves as we would is if we were in the Ben Mikdash. You know, there's blessings that are said when entering the Ben Mikdash, and then now there's blessings that are said in Siddur regarding walking into the synagogue. Um, just know that the presence of Hashem is there. Know that um, others in the pre- are in the presence of Hashem. Know that, you know, the Ben Mikdash was so... There's so much uh, halak, halak, halakha, and mitzvot in connection to uh, when, how, where, what, why, and who, all that within the Ben Mikdash, and so too there is within the, syn- um, the synagogue as well. Amen. And practically, when we're saying a blessing to come into the synagogue, believe it or not, the blessing to say when you come into the synagogue is, Seriously, that is what, well, not to get you some part, but. Your dwelling places. Right. That like, so as you said, you know, really pushing ourselves up in Amuna for that strengthening, having some chazak. You know, and making sure too, like, because I know you can say this and it can be like, great, let's treat the shul like it's a, a mini beta mikdash. And it's like, okay, but don't get crazy. Okay, like, none of this taking your shoes off, like, running through the building. And, like, I don't know if people run in a temple courtyard, but, you know. I don't think you could. Maybe, maybe. You know. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and if if we really treated the synagogue completely like the temple, I'm just saying these things so that we can get a good balance. We got to have balance, which is That's a right. Musar term, isn't it? That's right. Okay. Well, so- it's it's definitely a, a main component and the principle and tool that we use, um, like into a, a balance scale. Get you some. Always keeping the weights uh, equal. So here's where I wanted to go with that. In the temple courtyard, you there is no sitting unless you're a king from the lineage of David. So what does our synagogue have? We have a bunch of chairs. <laughs> so oh, if we treated we the awesome. synagogue completely like a temple, then be like, well, get these chairs out of here. Everybody stand up. And I don't care if you have a child. And I don't care if you have a wheelchair. You get up. The spirit's going to make you walk. And it could be like, oh, my gosh, y'all need to read the letter to Corinthians now. But anyway, to really quickly touch on on that whole thing about uh, the gifts, because, you know, we also what you were alluding to is that he also Shaul also writes to the the Corinthians that um, about the gifts and things like that. And believe it or not, uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, with the help of Hashem, Parsha Vayakel and the later chapters of Exodus are going to talk about the spiritual gifts. There are people who are building the Mishkan, and they're going to be endowed with spiritual gifts. The head of all those will be a gentleman by the name of Betzalel, who's going to really put together all the furnishings, and his sidekick is going to be Ohaliav. But there are men and women who are endowed by the Spirit with gifts 
to create and to weave and to bring forth all of the uh, vessels and furnishings. So there's this whole big Kol Echad movement that's going to happen there. But stand by for that. And uh, the other word that's used here, literally in this text for gift, is matana. And matana actually appears in the Tanakh in a few different places. But the one I want to point out is in Kohelet, which is Ecclesiastes. And it's chapter 5 and uh, verse 19. Also 3.13 has the same thing too. It's talking about laboring and it being a gift of God. So there's an element to our gifts that are going to be used for labor. And what labor is that? Labor is the avoda. It is the temple priestly service. So again, as Nerio Roke has alluded, being living stones built up into a spiritual temple. We talked about tekinah. We talked about, uh, you know, avoda and prayer, tefillah. All of that mixing in brings the gifts. So this is all from the spirit as well. And uh, later on in the Torah portion series and Bamidbar and Numbers, there's going to be a wonderful episode in the Parsha Beha Alotecha, which is when you lift up the lights of the lamps, uh, talking about the menorah. And there's going to be a, a, a pointing of the 70 elders because the previous ones got a little too fired up and they died like because they died in a fire plague so they got the wrong kind of spiritual fire going and Hashem consumed that so now we have to appoint new elders and this is in chapter 11 of Bami Bar and there are two gentlemen named Eldad and Medad who are prophesying in the camp there were 72 lots sent out only 70 of them were chosen, but these two gentlemen didn't know whether or not they'd be chosen. So in their modesty, they didn't even show up to the chosen ones meeting. And it actually ended up being the Hashem caused the spirit to fall on them. And they ended up prophesying. Now, prophesying is probably you're thinking, oh, OK, well, does that is that speaking in tongues? Well, no, uh, speaking in tongues is a gift of the spirit and it's called Lashon which is language and language is to help with the communication barriers. Like we saw in Acts chapter two, when Jews from all over the world showed up to Yerushalayim for Shabbat and the spirit was being given. And it was like, I don't understand what they're saying. And the spirit's like, here, I'll speak your language. And it's like, Oh, so anyway, that's why you have to have an interpreter with speaking in tongues because it's a language that someone knows because the person needs to hear it. And Hashem is like, yes, Speak that, say that to them, and they're going to understand what you're saying because it's for them. So anyway, none of the jibber-jabber stuff. And back to Eldad and Midad real quick. Um, they were prophesying outside the camp, and that is one of the gifts of spirit of the Spirit. And the I desire that all the congregation would prophesy, as spoken in Corinthians chapter 14, 5. That comes from Bami Bar chapter 11, uh, in verse 29, when Moshe says, are talking to Yehoshua, are you zealous for my sake? If only all of Hashem's people were prophets, that God would bestow upon, that God would bestow his gift of prophecy upon them. So anyway, when you're looking at 
the gifts and the imparting it, it's all for building up the community, just like Parshar Mishpatim. Build up the community. Okay. I think I'm done. Listen, <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it was good. Oh, really quick. Okay, one more thing. I guess I wasn't done. There is the the yearning that he's saying, I long to see you. The Ivrit is ki niksof niksafti. As we literally say in the Yadi Nefesh from the Shalosh Sudot prayer, where we yearn for our beloved and for him to spread out his shelter over us and all of that, that whole section of yearning for our, our Yadi Nefesh, that whole thing. So Shaul is using that type of language to express how bad he wants to come and meet with these uh, Lapidim. So I thought that was interesting, having that in there. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So uh, I promised that there was going to be a shameless plug for the Musar class because... By the way, Akidat Yitzhak is a Jewish source, brings down that one of the ways to attain spiritual gifts is through suffering. And the word, the word for suffering is Yishurim, which is the root word Yasar, which is the root of Musar. So our, well, can you say it again? Can you repeat that? Okay, so Yishurim is sufferings. The root is Yasar. And Yasar, let me go to it real quick. Um, got a couple of different notes pulled up. Yasar literally says in the Targum to tie or to put on, to chastise, to chasten, or to try. And this word is the root of Musar. So if you look at Musar, which is like self-refinement and working on your character traits, your, your Medot, it's what, it, what they're called, uh, they go hand in hand with your sufferings, with your Yishirin, like they're connected together. So our Musar and our suffering is meant to work hand in hand to propel us and strengthen us and the gift of the spirit that has been imparted to us, none other than through Messiah Yeshua, the living Torah of Hashem. And so if you ever wonder why suffering is so good for us, why it brings out things that we never knew we had, it's because that's a part of Musar and it hurts and it stinks. Sometimes you're just like, anybody got air freshener? Can I have some essential oils, please? <laughs> you know, but then Yes, it's all great. So anyway, Yasar and Musar and sufferings and the spiritual gifts and being imparted. Nary Roke, shameless plug here for my, my, my Havivi, that he leads a men's Musar class every Shabbat before our Shakarit service. Would you like to tell everyone about that? Sure, I'm still... So bewildered. I, I love. I love that what you just said, stated there. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, and actually, in um, the Mishlei commentary that I'm in right now, mm. an introduction to the terms of Mishlei proverbs. The second one is Musar, um, and they go into the. I guess first translation is discipline, ethical teaching, or affliction, 
Um, so again, that, that last word, affliction, um, Malbim, Malbim explains that Mustar is derived from the root, it's like Yud Samik Resh to afflict. That's Yisar. That's it. There you go. There you go. It's wow. <laughs> it's related to the verb Aleph Samik Resh that is to bind. Oh. He's talking about binding earlier, correct? Yes. That's Kazakh. Kazakh, <laughs> there you go. Oh, my so God. Having full circle here. This is great. Um, since a person's natural tendency are toward arrogance, jealousy, vengeance, cruelty, lust, and passion, the like, he mm. must learn, and that is through Musar, to afflict and restrict himself so that he remains bound to the dictates of chokmah. One must have wisdom so that he will not be ensnared by the rest rationalizations of the evil inclination, or has to or or other things like that. Uh, one must also know Musar so that he can um, over he can overpower the inevitable blandishments of the evil inclination, and that's the Vilna Gaon. Uh, wow! So the Vilna Gaon, so yeah, crazy. I guess, um, yes, I can give you a little bit of uh, information on my class, <laughs> but we're not just we're not beating ourselves, you know, with uh, with wits or anything like that. What? But uh, why not, man? Come on. But the word is like a sword in his mouth, and and uh, it's like fire in my bones, and and so there's definitely a lot of affliction internally, uh. Uh, which brings about a lot of fruit. Uh. Um, Some goes on externally. Um, so cleaning the inside of the cup, in order the outside of the cup would be clean also. So mm. it's painful. It's it's a lot of fun, and uh, it's very edifying, and things that kind of shake and and shift your your understanding of of certain uh, terms and understandings and um, certain principles um, as to how to you go about kind of living your life and conducting yourself and uh, viewing reality and, and such. And how, how's the impact on you been going? Because not only are you engaging in Musar yourself, but you're leading. So like, what's that been like? <laughs> I, I didn't know how it was going to be. I, I just kind of offered up to Rabbi one day and said, oh, all the women have a Musar's, uh, Musar class. And I'm like, well, the men definitely need to. Um, <laughs> my motto is if you change change a man, you change, you know, you transform, you know, his wife, and you transform his, his daughters, and you transform the world to that. Mm. And the only reason why we have, you know, the, the only re the way we can find good wives is through having, you know, good fathers that can, you know, raise them up to be such. And, uh, and if you want to have a good wife, you got to be a good husband. Um, so it always goes back to the man, Adam. Um, it's, it was his fault, really. Yeah. <laughs> he was, you know, he was there in her presence, and and he obviously should have led uh, the household and, and not listened to her uh, in that scenario. So, so for sure. Um, so I'd say, I'd say obviously teaching it is um, is very edifying and. and Definitely, I think I'd, I'm, I'd say confident that I'm learning more than probably anyone in my class. Because um, not only do I have to teach it myself and learn learn it, but I'm also, yeah, I'm also inst instructing, uh, teaching, and and uh, having people ask questions and get feedback and, and kind of uh, be a host, uh, so you'd say, to, to the different concepts that we go through, that's the different medote. Um, so... Wow. As time goes on, you know they keep building, and and they aren't they don't leave my mind. I would say, um, oh, uh, journaling. There's a lot. There's different practices like meditation, journaling, um, 
meditation, like I said, yeah, meditation, um, um, visualization, uh, chanting, mm. and others um, that really kind of cause that to to bear root, to bear fruit, and to um, be sown into our subconscious and our our soul, our very inner being. Um, definitely, not, I haven't arrived, and I love it because Musar is not the goal is not to be perfect, um, but to but to uh, aim towards you know perfection and to the goal is you're never you always have that view of always working um, towards um, you know perfect perfection, always working towards you know being a chad with Hashem and being being uh, I guess a chad uh, with your neighbor as well in a sense of, of loving loving your neighbor and serving your neighbor and you know, bettering, bettering your own um, service to Hashem in all areas of life. Amen. Wow. Well, Baruch Hashem. So, Torah Rabbah for sharing, and uh, we have obviously way past maxed out our time, but you know what? That's totally fine, uh, because this is life right here. This is life and life everlasting. So, um, just, yeah. <laughs> I don't really know what to say. I, I wanted us to get through uh, 11, but I, I think it was really good to take in this time to really understand spiritual gifts. Uh, it's not a, a Christian thing. It's actually Jewish. And um, it all has to do with building up the kingdom of Hashem. So, I mean, anything you want to say before we index our time? Oh, I just I was hit by the fact that uh, you had, you you had quoted was it uh, you said in, in the Jewish literature that it speaks about how through our through our suffering that that gifts come is it correct? Aki dot Yitzhak seventy seven section one. Seventy seven section one. So I just was reminded. Joe speaks about in First Corinthians twelve nine. He says, "But grace is sufficient for you, Ooh. for my power is made." Well, he's saying. My grace is sufficient for you, Shaul. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast, Shaul says, all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Mashiach's power may rest on me. And one of that one form of, of Mashiach's power is, is through signs of wonders, testifying and backing up and confirming mm. the um, the Besora, the Gula, you know, the good news of the gospel. That's right. So, Hashem. Amen. Well, what do we know? What do we know? Please close us in the closing bracha after studying Torah. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech olam Asher nanatan alanun Torah Amet Vakaya Olam Natan Botekainu Barukata Atonai Notain Atora Amen. Amen. Well, everyone have a Laila Tov, a Shavua Tov, and may your Shabbat be blessed and overflowing with light and life and Messiah Yeshua. This is Shomer Man and Naria Roke saying Shalom. Shalom.